This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Welcome. It's Dr. Jack Cohen for the Torah Anytime Dating and Shalom Bayes series. I always start the class by letting everyone know out there, wherever you are, if you need my help in any way in Shaduchim or Shalom Bayes, or to help you in terms of a dating analysis or relationship analysis, you can reach me on WhatsApp or texting at 305-206-1916. Again, 305-206-1916. Or you can email me at drjackcohen18 at gmail.com. I'd like to start tonight with a very interesting story and see what lessons we can learn from it. When a shidduch is meant to be, it will always happen, even if the shatan tries to stop it. Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, tried to test this theory and famously placed his daughter on a lonely island in the middle of the sea because he didn't want her to marry a poor man. But the master shatan, Hashem, ultimately brought her to the island on the wings of an eagle, and that's where they got married, without Shlomo HaMelech's knowledge or permission. Very interesting lesson. That the Rabbanu Sha'alam ultimately is the master Shatchan. As we know from the famous Gemara, a Roman matronita, a Roman matroness asked Rabbi Yossi, what's your God been up to since he created the world? And he answered her very correctly, he's been making Shidduchim. And he's ultimately the person that, he's ultimately the ultimate force that makes the shidduch. Yes, we have to do harishtadlis, which I've explained in many of the lectures that I've given previously, and that it calls for you getting out there, networking, speaking to shatchanim, um, doing events, whatever it takes. You have to help yourself. You can't sit home and expect miracles. The Medrash gave, gives us some proper perspective. And so a woman writes about her own daughter's engagement. At the time, I felt nothing but profound gratitude to Blimi, the Shatchan, who was working behind the scenes to make the Shidduch happen. The official Shatchan was a dour, no-nonsense woman named Mrs. Rosenberg, who had been the Shatchan for our Mechatanim's other Shidduchim. She was the one who suggested the Shidduch, but it was Blimi who did the actual work when it started to fall apart. Our daughter Yiti was 23 years old, an accomplished young woman who was very successful at her job as an accountant. The Bachar being suggested was six months younger, which is nice to hear because we like to hear uh, stories like this where men are you know, open-minded to women that are older. And I'm seeing a trend of this lately. Although Yiti was beautiful and talented and a real catch, we had already been in the Parsha longer than with all our other children. So Yiti had been on the market far more than her older siblings. One day we heard that Nachman Lacks, a boy we had had our eye on for a while, was ready to come home and start Shidduchim. Naturally, like any top bacher or learner, he had a list of names a mile long. Obviously, the boys have the upper hand these days, especially in the yeshiva world, and they can choose. We had a slim chance of getting on that list, which included the cream of the crop of that year's best seminary graduates, girls. Except, we had one thing in our favor. Nachman was a very mature boy, and he'd made it clear that he was looking for someone his age, or even a bit older. He wasn't interested in marrying a girl just out of seminary. He wanted a girl who was equally mature and responsible, like him, you know, someone you could talk to. You hear this all the time, I don't have time to be a babysitter. I can really see this happening, Gosht Chana, my sister-in-law's sister, who happened to be Shana Lax's neighbor, when we heard that the Lax's, no, I'm sorry, Right. When we heard of the laxes, we're inquiring about Yiti. Trust me, Yiti is exactly what they're looking for. So the neighbors heard that they were interested because their daughter seemed to fit the bill of the kind of girl that this boy wanted. With words of Tehillim on my lips, I sent my daughter's resume to Mrs. Rosenberg. I wasn't very hopeful that anything would come of it, and certainly not so soon, 
But a mother has to do her ishtadlish, which is to daven and to make the phone calls and to do the networking. I was shocked when Mrs. Rosenberg called me two days later, casually asking for more details and a picture. We're interested. The Lakses heard about your daughter, she said. Mrs. Lax saw her at a wedding the other day and was very impressed. How often do I tell people who come to talk to me, as my clients, men and women, I don't like the way you dress during the week. I don't like that you're not put together. You never know who's looking at you. You never know. So you have to always remember there are cameras everywhere. How you talk, how you behave, how you dress. You have to always be put together when you're in the shidduch market. Coming from Mrs. Rosenberg, that was a compliment. That they had noticed my daughter. I kept waiting for Mrs. Rosenberg to talk about how many years we were willing to provide support. After all, when a boy is in learning, he's waiting for the other side to offer them the gout, the money. But no, she said nothing of the sort. Didn't even mention support. She just asked questions about Yiti's personality and interest in supporting a husband long term. I confided that Yiti earned a generous salary and she was willing to do whatever it could, she could to enable her husband to grow in Torah. She's very smart, I said. She's emotionally grounded. These are the cues you want to give the Shatran. Whoever marries my daughter is going to be very fortunate, I stressed. Mrs. Rosenberg listened, but made no comment. After all, I was Yiti's mother. It's only natural that the mother is going to sing the praises of her daughter. I supplied plenty of references and later heard through the grapevine that Chena and her married daughters were checking them all out, even asking random classmates and friends about Yiti. The Laxes were still unsure until my niece Blimi got involved. Blimi had gone to school with one of the daughters of that family, the Lax daughters, and taught the eldest grandchild as well. Cheerful and upbeat, Blimi was the perfect person to act as a go-between and nudge the shidduch along. Sometimes you need another party to stroke the fire a little bit. You'll be lucky if you can get this boy, she kept telling me. You can't imagine how many, go- how many girls want this boy as a husband and how many families want him as a son-in-law. I was beginning to think it was a lost cause when Alexis said yes a week later. Everything was going smoothly, almost too smoothly. Yeti was one of my younger children, so I knew that there was always bumps along the way. This shidduch seemed too good to be true. My husband said, don't talk that way. Let's just be grateful and say thank you to Hashem. Akarasatov is what we need to do right now. In our circles, the parents meet the boy and girl first. After which the young couple has a sit-down meeting, which we call a bishol. So obviously the chassidish. Right. <laughs> Mrs. Rosenberg scheduled a formal meeting with the laxes, Nachman's parents, for Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Yiti went to get her hair done while I fluttered around the house aimlessly, unable to concentrate on anything. At 1 p.m., my phone rang. It was Mrs. Rosenberg calling to postpone the meeting. The other side needs more time. What? I stammered. What happened? They're having second thoughts, and they want some clarification on the shidduch before they continue and proceed forward. She said in a very blunt manner. And she repeated, they need more time. So I said to her, the shidduch is over? Of course not. They just want another day to think about it and discuss it with their rav. Good idea. They want to make sure that they're not shortchanging their son. Nachman is very chash of a ben Torah. And he wants to learn for a long time. He wants to ensure that the partner that he's setting up with is the right girl. Mrs. Rosenberg, we discussed this already. I don't know where this is coming from. 
I protested. Yidi is the kind of girl who'd live on bread and water as long as her husband could steig and learn. But it seems like I was talking to the wall. Mrs. Rosenberg ended the conversation with something along the lines, don't call me, I'll call you, and hung up. The Shidduch, it seemed, was D-O-A. Everyone know what those Rosh Tevos stand for? What do those abbreviations stand for? D-O-A. Dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. Exactly. We tried to do sleuthing, which is investigating, right? Play, uh, you know, investigator. But try as we might, we couldn't figure out what happened. It looked so good. I called Blimi desperate for her input. She knew, but maybe she knew something. I'll see what I can do, Aunt Libby, she said. You see, such a great girl. She deserves a top boy like Nachman. I'll give them a call, but I make no promises. While waiting for Blimi to smooth things over, I also called Rebbets and Katz, who had been Yitzi's teacher in seminary and had a high opinion of her. The Rebbetzin agreed to call the laxes and try to push the shidduch as well. After having done my Ishtad Lushrus is my effort, I went to the kever of my grandfather, the burial place of my grandfather. He was a distinguished rabbi. I begged him to intercede on Yitzi's behalf in Shemaim. I fasted half a day, set to hill him, gave a substantial amount of tzedakah. After two agonizing days in limbo, can imagine, probably ate nothing. Mrs. Rosenberg called. They're ready to go ahead, she said. You know, every shidduch has its own timetable. You can't rush these things. From that point on, the shidduch proceeded with speed. Shana Lax was so impressed with Yiti that she agreed to have us meet Nachman that very evening. And just 24 hours later, after two bishows, Nachman and Yiti were engaged. I dabbed at my eyes... At the vort, as I watched Yiti greet her guests with charming grace. The laxes were beaming, the chassan and kala were ecstatic, and my husband and I were filled with gratitude. Nachman was a true gem, well worth the wait. When Blimi, my beloved niece, who had jump-started the shidduch, came to say mazel tov, I gave her a huge bear hug. Thank you, I whispered into her ear. Thanks for all the effort you helped, you put out to make this happen. She blushed, murmured something inaudible, and went to look for the kala. I made a mental note to buy her a generous present. At the end of the day, she had been the real shatran. Mrs. Rosenberg had merely coordinated the meetings, but it was Blimi that pushed things along. After paying shatranis gelt to Mrs. Rosenberg, I bought Blimi a stunning silk flower arrangement and a huge box of Belgian chocolates. Aunt Libby, you didn't have to. She protested, turning a bright shade of pink. It wasn't necessary. Of course it was necessary, I replied. If it wasn't for you, they would never have gotten engaged. You have to give credit where credit is due. The next few months passed quickly as we prepared for the wedding. The laxes were wonderful, mechutanim, generous with their money while not micromanaging anything. The wedding was beautiful. Yeti was a queen and glowed all night long. Her new husband was everything we could have dreamed of and then some. The young couple lived in a small apartment in our neighborhood where Nachman joined the kolel for select younger light and Yeti worked full time. About a month after the wedding, Yiti came over for Shalashudas looking disturbed. She had eaten the Shabbos day meal by her in-laws, as she often did, and the conversation had turned to Shidduchim. One of Nachman's sisters had recently got engaged, and she was talking about how Shidduchim can sometimes fall apart with single ill-placed comment. Don't I know it, said Yiti's mother-in-law. That's what almost happened with Nachman. I'm so glad Rebetzin Katz saved the day by telling us the truth. Otherwise, we might have lost out on having such a wonderful daughter-in-law. Yiti had smiled, but she was shaken up. 
She had no idea what her mother-in-law was talking about. On the way home, she asked Nachman, what did your mother mean when she said that? You didn't know about your cousin Blimi? He said casually. She tried her hardest to discourage my mother from continuing the shidduch. The one that they thought was the one who made the shidduch. What? Yiti said? As she turned white as a ghost? It can't be! Blimi was working so hard to convince your mother to accept me. No, Nachman shook his head. I don't know what you were told, but I clearly remember my mother being very upset after putting down the phone with your cousin Blimi. Blimi made it seem as if you weren't serious about marrying a learning boy. And she even mentioned a few names of girls whose parents were willing to provide full support. My mother was confused because Blimi had gotten involved to help the shidduch along. Blimi knew your family so well, so if she didn't think it was Shaykh, my mother was ready to back out. Nachman explained that Rebetz and Katz's opinion of Yiti was the deciding factor in the end, overruling Blimi's objections. Don't trust in humans, ever. You never know. Yiti was shocked, humiliated, and I felt personally betrayed. Blimi was my only sister's oldest daughter. We had a very close relationship and spoke on the phone all the time. My niece would backstab me on the back. Why would she do something like that? And how could she lead us along, making it seem as if she was pushing the shidduch along, when she was all the time trying to destroy it? What could have possessed Blimi to do something like that? I wanted to call her up and give her a piece of my mind. Fortunately, my husband stopped me from doing something I would later regret. What will you accomplish by confronting her? All it will do is cause machlokas in the family and make Blimi get angry at the mechatanim. The Maisa, for whatever reason, Blimi changed her mind about the Shidduch and tried to stop it. But she couldn't do anything because when the Shidduch is meant from Shemaim, it's meant from Shemaim. When it's Pashert, it's Pashert. Nothing and no one can stop it, even if the Shatran changes her mind. Just leave well enough alone and we'll never let her get involved in our Shidduchim again. I followed Yanki's advice and haven't regretted it for a moment. Yiti and Nachman are the proud parents of three beautiful children, and we're seeing only Nachas from them. As for Blimi's disloyalty, that's her problem, not mine. Life is too precious to waste on petty grievances. The master Shatchan HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ultimately in charge, regardless of the decisions people make. I could speak from experience. My daughter was dating someone, and it looked like it was really good. It was going to close in an engagement, and suddenly... When she was expecting a phone call from the boy and it was getting wrapped up, it broke down. It broke down, and then we later discovered something very interesting. She had had a similar episode with two other boys that were going very well. We discovered that there was happened to be a girl in her high school class that was doing this to a bunch of other girls. And my wife approached her, and she said, you know what you're doing is very big sin. And I want to tell you something. It's a very interesting story, because... If I can put the, uh, the events together. The boy, ultimately became my son-in-law, was visited one day by a Rav, who wanted someone to help him go around collecting for his yeshiva in Israel. He happened to be the head of a seminary, actually. And he was giving a class that night in one in a part in, in, in actually Mill Basin in Brooklyn. And my daughter was out with my car. And they happened to see each other. They hadn't seen each other in about eight months. And they said hello to each other. 
Um, and then, when the rabbi who was sitting in the passenger seat saw my future son-in-law waving hello, he said, who is that? And he told him, it was a girl that I used to go out with, and he saw that it wasn't more than just a, a regular, it wasn't more casual hello, it was a real hello. And he told him the story. So, he said, you know, I'm giving you shit tonight, let's get together. So, my daughter calls me up and says, my future son-in-law would like to go for coffee tonight with a rabbi. And it'll be around 11 o'clock. I said, sure. You know, thank God I didn't take it personally. And they went out, and this mysterious man restored the shidduch. He restored the shidduch, and Baruch Hashem, they were engaged six weeks later to show you that the real shatchan is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that sometimes people get in the way, and this particular individual did it to three or four girls. I'm sure she'll get her due desserts. You know, we have to be very cautious. Very, very cautious. You never know. Try to always keep things on the hush-hush. But there are people out there that don't mean you well. And when I said this story, I know right away that I can speak from experience. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.